right, here we go. Hello. Welcome, staycurious.org. Podcast number 11. Hard to believe we've done 10. But here we are, number 11. Uh, intro music. Again, guess who? Mr. Fucking Gnome from Cleveland, Ohio. Coming in loud and fucking ballsy. Hell yeah. That's uh, The Wild Child. Um, which is actually one of my my new favorite songs. So uh, make sure you click the link in the uh, podcast blog um, and find that. Follow them. They're fucking good. They rock. They're, they, they're jamming. They got some really interesting shit happening for this year. Uh, some other creative projects that they're working on, and I know they're busy as hell. And Sam and Nicole, if you're listening, I miss you. So anyways, here we go. I'm Hakey, the man on the mic for staycurious.org podcast. Episode number 11. Today's podcast, oh my goodness, started off uh, as a concept uh, a few months ago and wanted to take some topics and dive into them and uh, ultimately kind of jotted it down, found an article, found another article, and then went down that fucking rabbit hole. And ultimately, I'm pretty pumped about this show, uh, very emotional show considering uh the topics here so I'm, I'm hoping this uh this is one that you guys like and listen to and share with your family friends and loved ones and uh we're going to be talking about love we're going to be talking about curiosity and the two of them uh how they correlate how they go together and how they we need both of them uh in order for us to have any type of profound mature uh, relationships moving forward. And I don't mean just in the romantic side of dating. Um, that's, that's not the focus. It's, it's just love in general, love and curiosity. However, you know, we are going to go through, um, a couple different articles, you know, overview and some personal experiences. And that's what we're going to be talking about, you know, love and curiosity, the, how, how they interact and kind of piggyback each other. We're going to be talking about the fucking swipe life and how, uh, values are just it's very difficult to establish values uh, with today's dating life um, and that swipe life and how important it is to really you know when you meet someone single or not uh, married or not whatever your relationship status is uh, or you know um, in, in 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 general um, you know, you're, you're ex- ex- sacrificing energy. Your, your, your time is precious. You want to make sure you're validating people, uh, that you understand them and growing with them. And, um, you know, when you get into the dating realm, it becomes a little bit trickier nowadays. I think uh, we all know what's happening now. Uh, the swipe life is here. We got Tinder, Hinge, Grinder, every app that you can basically get on, um, any app is a dating app. I, in, in, in my honest opinion, um, it's kind of like the Amazon Prime of people now. You can get online and find and swipe until you like it. Uh, unfortunately, the return policies are kind of shitty, I guess. Uh, I haven't gotten back anything from Tinder or Grinder or Hinge, Bumble, whoever I wrote, re- reached out to. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're trying to see how we can get that time back uh, when you invest in somebody and, and, it, and it goes nowhere. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, especially with, like I said earlier, the the sacrifice of energy and time that is exchanged in the dating world today, um, this is what I've learned. Um, you can't unfuck somebody. And that's really uh, unfortunate because, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's a there's a, a casual listener out there, too, or two that have 
have kind of uh, wished they could take that one back. Um, I might have had one or two, but not too many. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll get into that later. But again, we're going to go talk, tuck, tuck, touch, touch, touch base on love and curiosity. And and as a disclaimer, I do need to say this. Um, <clears throat> I am not a licensed therapist. I am not a professional. I am in no way, shape, or form uh, pulling all of this information out of my ass. I did do a little bit of research and you know, psychology today and some research papers and abstracts that are out there and kind of taken them, boiled them down, and hopefully made it digestible. Um, and we'll give it to you in a dose of uh, 20 minutes or less, maybe 30 minutes. So hang in there if you can. And apologies if this is uh, a bunch of mush mouth uh, throughout this uh, podcast because I did take some effort and I tried to boil it down into three different segments, put a little bit of effort into the writing. So I'm going to be kind of reading some notes here, pausing and kind of giving some personal standpoints on things. Um, So again, I apologize if anything comes across kind of mush mouthed. Uh, I got a jar of peanut butter here that I'm kind of snacking on it's actually cookie butter from trader joe's so that shit is delicious if you haven't had any so go get some and uh yeah here we go so the next half hour or so we're going to go through love and curiosity and we're going to tackle three questions what is at the heart of intimacy and how the impact of curiosity and validation impact our relationships number two is curiosity good for your relationship and that 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 segment is is going to be kind of focusing on you know relationships in the ter- ter- terms of the intimate aspect of things. And then lastly, we're going to wrap up and ask the question: Why the curious? Why the curious folks out there typically, as research shows, have better relationships? So, number one, what's at the heart of intimacy and how curiosity and validation kind of correlate? Number two, is curiosity good for your relationship? And number three, why the curious have better relationships. So are you ready? Here we go. Episode 11 underway. So curiosity and validation. These are two of the most powerful relationship tools, yet ironically, they are also two of the most underused by most people. Just how often your partner, friends, family, and children feel your curiosity about them and their feelings and experiences and how deeply they feel that you really understand them really sets the tone. Do you understand their perspective, their ideas, their feelings are very indicative of how much trust, understanding, and connection will exist between that relationship. Often, deep longings to feel loved, safe, and connected in a relationship plays out in wanting palpable experiences that we simply fucking matter to the other person. And this is usually feeling honored for who we are, where we are in our life, and what we are experiencing. Validation in a relationship context is completely different than validating validation uh, in scientific theory, for example, or a case that is being presented by opposing debate team. In the relationship context, it means that we understand that our significant other or our person in this relationship, we understand that their point, perspective, feelings and ideas are truly valid to them. Based on their personal perception and experiences, we see and honor the basis for that. In other words, we see them and their experiences as legitimate experiences and worthy of respect. Now, this is huge for me personally. You know, the common lack of bringing curiosity and validation into relationship are born from not experiencing it enough personally 
as well as being projected on and not understood by parents and peers and going all the way back to our childhood. Most of us didn't come close to receiving that inner deep inner world curiosity and validation, and our nervous system remembers that. This got us in the need to protect ourselves with walls, beliefs and perceptions, egocentric patterns, and in order to create a sense of self and a sense of self-security. As a result of this, you know, we, we may have developed a sense of codependency, clinginess, or reactivity when our friends, family, partners, or even strangers do not see us for who we are because they are too caught up in their own basic human distractions and delusions. This is why in the journey towards creating very healthy relationships, it's so important for us to see, understand, and unconditionally love ourselves first, or at least be on the journey towards this simultaneously. And this is also why, in part, conscious relationships are so healing, especially when we can find the courage and the ability to work through the inevitable pains that arise. You know, there's a Bruce Lee book out there, and I forget the name of it, but I'll try to include it in the show notes when I, when I post this podcast. And he has a passage about life is all about relationships. And he goes on through relationships with significant others, significant others in your family, co-workers, peers. But the first relationship that he really truly talks about is the relationship that you have with yourself. And, you know, in short, I don't want to kind of give the book away or kind of like kind of go on this Bruce Lee tangent. But, you know, until you have a healthy relationship with yourself first, you know, any other relationship externally, uh, you know, unfortunately is going to be uh, uh, troubled. And, you know, I do have personal experience with that, unfortunately. Fortunately, I should say, because I've learned and I've grown and, you know, gave my, uh, gave my therapist a lot of money over the last 10 years. So you're welcome, Lainey. Anyways, um, moving on, th- th- this, this shift occurs um, when we are able to face and work with these old patterns within ourselves, you know, allowing us to become more mutually understanding-centric, if you will. That's when we rise above our own walls and when the love and connection and the curiosity and validation we want to see can really begin to flow in the midst of that vulnerability. Being curious about and acknowledging another's experience invites a shift from relating mainly to our own thoughts and feeling towards a critical bridging of the gap. You know, you're kind of becoming closer with that person when you're asking questions and, 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 and being engaged and involved with them genuinely, authentically. And we're going to get into that is whether or not that can be enhanced or not later on. But, you know, for, for the most part, curiosity says that we actually care enough about someone to want more, more connection with them, more of who they are, more understanding between both people being involved. Validation, on the other hand, is an expression that you understand their point of view and is culminated even though it may be different than yours. It's expressing that you get them. You fucking understand. And when we are able to process and integrate any of our own contracted feelings that we may be arising, we are able to let that person know and feel our love and respect is still able to flow towards them. On the other hand, when we resist, when we resist validating another person's experience, it usually is for a few common reasons. Number one, we don't agree or see the truth in what they are thinking or doing guilty of that. Number two, we believe their feelings have no legitimate basis. Definitely guilty of that. 
uh, in my younger years. I'm growing, you know. I'm a big boy now, trying to get up and, and, and you know, be mature. Um, number three, we are, all, we are also concerned that if we validate them, then it might not mean we agree with their perspective. I think I read that right. Or worse, that we'll enable something that we'd like to see come to an end. There's also the possibility that we are stuck in righteousness. That's, that's fucking huge. That we're stuck in righteousness and any other angle in the situation is basically a threat for us to consider. But when we do devalidate or resist validating others, more ripples are often created than just them not feeling understood. The problems this can create is that they will pick up on our lack of trust and openness to them, which they'll certainly react to, perhaps deepening the conflict by becoming defensive or offensive or damaging the foundation of that relationship. Or they'll further internalize it, exacerbating the triggers they already likely have in this arena and retreat from their true selves, becoming more insecure. And in an attempt to stay in a relationship with you or to avoid, they may perceive as a, a shame coming at them. So when we are aching for that warmth of love and connection, the fires we seek in others may not constantly give off the heat we need. And distractions and head trips can do all that, can do that to the fire tenders. The fire that keeps us warm, warmest, thankfully, is that of self-love. And this goes back to the Bruce Lee stuff about loving yourself. Make sure the relationship with yourself is healthy and tip-top before you kind of go into any other relationship. And I don't, again, not focusing on dating at, in this point of the show, but anybody, any relationship, family, friends, parents, siblings, coworkers, well, I guess, I guess if you're having a loving relationship with coworkers, that's a, that's another show, I guess. But the, the point being is start with yourself first. And we, and I, this is, this has been promoted tremendously amount, uh, around, uh, you know, the last couple of decades about self-love and, you know, caring for yourself. So I think, I, I think that's beating a dead horse in a way, but, uh, you know, learning to tend the fire is, is the, the fire of self-love is part of your sacred purpose. And it allows us to show up more receptively and open to others with, thing, with things like curiosity and validation. And all of this is kind of leading into the second, the first, second question, I'm sorry. You know, is curiosity really good for your relationship? And this part of the show is definitely kind of focusing more in the dating arena. Uh, there's no kind of real kind of specific point of you know, the type of the genders or anything like that. That's not what it is. It's just, is curiosity good for your relationship? And this, this article kind of really did hit home uh, for me personally uh, in my dating career, if you will. Um, not just, you know, recently and kind of going down rabbit holes on the internet and trying to make a living for myself here with this thing. But, you know, when we start looking and asking the question, is curiosity good for your relationship? And what happens when it tempts you to explore other options? You know, there's some interesting findings here. Curiosity is usually, usually, we say this in parentheses, usually regarded as a virtue since it widens our horizons and develops our capacities. However, our natural romantic curiosity is contrary to the natural need to deepen a romantic connection. There's, you know, two types of romantic curiosity in this enigma. Romantic curiosity and is kind of like, I don't know, how do you say it? Um, hold on. Hmm. 
I don't even know how to fucking get this one out now. Sorry about that. I guess let's look back at the definition of what curiosity is. Curiosity is defined as a strong desire to learn or know more about something. A desire to learn and know more is considered a very positive trait. Such learning makes us wiser and improves our ability to cope with reality. There are, however, situations in which curiosity is not a virtue. There is a long tradition which considers curiosity and knowledge to be obstacles to happiness. Adam and Eve were expelled from paradise because of their curiosity to know more about the world. And then there's the myth of Pandora implies that all troubles were released in the world because a woman was curious to know what was inside the box given to her by the gods. And this last one is pretty fucking hilarious. Uh, This goes out to all my bearded brothers. Um, There's a story out there, uh, a traditional story told that uh, uh, a story of a man who has who has a super long ass beard. And he's someone asks him whether he puts it above or beneath the blanket at night. And then from that point on, he's unable to fucking fall asleep. I found that one of the most uh, uh, funny, funny anecdotes out there in terms of uh, curiosity, which is, is, is pretty funny. Um, but, you know, the lack of curiosity or the lack of desire to know more is often associated with ignorance, which is the lack of knowledge. And this pisses a lot of people off when you actually call them out on it, you know. But the two are very different. Ignorance is ignorance expresses the state of a lack of knowledge, while lack of curiosity expresses a lack of desire to overcome it. So I'll be the first one to fucking throw myself under the bus here. Like, I am ignorant on a lot of shit. I am ignorant on how to start a media company. I am ignorant on how to do a WordPress site. I am ignorant on a lot. Um, But when you look at the technical definition, um, you know, I, I, I graciously accept that ignorance. And this is where my curiosity comes in, and I will... I will ask questions and dig and, and, and get deeper um, and whatnot. However, in the romantic realm, people typically wish to know as much as possible about their beloved ones since this gives them a more comprehensive and profound picture of their partner, further enhancing their intimacy. However, our inability to acquire full knowledge, if you will, together with the value of positive illusions, indicates that knowledge is not paramount. For example, information about your partner's past lovers is some, of, is some importance in order to understand the person's personality. But on the flip side, it may cause an unpleasant interaction with the couple. For many, a detailed description of your partner's previous intimate relationships can cast a disagreeable cloud over their own sexual interactions with that person. Ignorance may also be preferable in those cases of unfaithfulness. Some people feel that if I don't know about it, it doesn't exist to me. Kind of like the ostrich sticking his head in the sand. And that's fair to a degree. While others certainly prefer to know about a partner's affairs, uh, but may still not want to know all the specifics about positions, frequency, and locations. You know, the devils. The devil's in the details. So it's a balancing act. You know, uh, there is a fine line there. So many doors to knock on when meeting someone, let alone someone that you connect with. And that, that's kind of like the, you know, blurred line of curiosity. That, is, is that the blurred line that uh, Pharrell was talking about? I don't know. I didn't fucking research that. My bad. Um, a major example of kind of romantic curiosity 
is the human wish not to leave any possible romantic door unexplored. And this is this next this next part is oh all too familiar here, unfortunately. Um, you know, our imagination plays a crucial role in our life and love, and we have an innate tendency an innate tendency to want to see and experience what is beyond our present circumstances. However, opening every romantic door that beckons or catches your interest can have like huge, huge ramifications. There's a book out there that I haven't read yet, but it's on the queue called Predictably Irrational. And this uh, author, Dan Airely, argues that people have an irrational tendency to keep their options open for too long and so end up chasing impractical options. You know, given the greater freedom in modern society, people are plagued, plagued, not by the lack of opportunity, but by the dizzying abundance of it. We want to taste and experience every aspect of life, regardless of its price. In this sense, we are spreading ourselves too thin. You know, personally, I've been on both sides of this. As an adult, you know, going back to my high school um, dating all the way up to, you know, in my early 40s right now. Um, and it's beyond frustrating, especially with the swipe life and all the apps that are out there. Kind of like I said, the Amazon Prime for people. It, it, it's frustrating. And the fact that, you know, any app, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, back in the day. POFs, Match, eHarmony. I mean, if you're you're doing the uh, the digital self, uh, the the phone self, phoning it in, it, it's basically Amazon Prime for people. And this was actually uh, something that I struggled with initially with dating um, and establishing relationships in today's society. I guess was uh, with the online dating. It was it was definitely challenging to overcome. And then um, there's a book out there by um, Aziz Ansari. Uh, that dude from uh, Parks and Rec. And uh, he wrote a book called Modern Romance. I think it was came out back in, uh, it was published back in t- 2015, maybe 2016. Um, and it was a very interesting book, very interesting read. And I'm going to actually do a review on that here. Um, I don't know, podcast, maybe blog, I'm not sure yet. But it was an interesting read. And, you know, he basically teamed up with some professors from NYU and kind of went full throttle with, uh, you know, diving in. He had sociologists, anthropologists, technology experts, and a bunch of uh, interesting kind of professionals and, and, and research was uh, conducted. And, you know, basically exploring the change in the romantic society that we live in and that has occurred over the past decade or two. One of the main concepts in the book concerns the paradox of choice in relationships. Having more options may seem better at first glance, so many options can ultimately make settling for anyone a lot more difficult. You know, the book focuses also on the pitfalls and benefits of using online tools and websites and apps to pursue romantic relationships. You know, in closing, though, about that book, though, it also connects the readers of all walks in life, different countries, different cultures, addressing why we date. And the ultimate, you know, common denominator is to find a person to share a deep connection with. We want someone. We want that human diary. We want that long-term, like, forever person. You know, it, Instagram is, and social media is littered with last love quotes, and I'm I'm guilty of 
trolling Instagram for that shit and, and throwing it up on it or liking it or whatever. I mean, hell yeah, it'd be awesome to find that one person that's just, hey, here we go. Let's uh, till death do us part or just, you know, let's let's go. Uh, but it, it, it is a lot more involved uh, than just kind of wishing for it. You got to develop it. So, you know, a lot of underlying tones here that uh, hopefully I'll be able to keep it together here. Um, moving on. Uh, another risk of this type of curiosity in, um, you know, dating and whatnot is that uh, having that many options, you know, we, we, I don't know how to say this. Um, we're, we're scared that the options will disappear if we do not invest enough resources to keep them alive. Their disappearance, though, may occur too slowly for us to see them vanishing. There's a strong case we need to we need to close some of our options otherwise the better ones may not survive and this is this is that was tough for me to read um you know there's a price for keeping so many options alive and sometimes it's higher than the possible gain that we could derive you know our era is the best and worst of times for people trying to find love and there are many open romantic doors out there countless countless even willing potential lovers are all around us. But it's awful, off also difficult to maintain a loving, committed relationship when alternative options are so much easier to explore. It's like meeting someone, face value. Everything is up front, perfect. You're good to go. Two to three months in, you don't have uh, the same likelihood or you know, you have a disagreement about sushi and then it's like next, left, swipe right again. And that's tough. That That is tough. You know, I, like I said, I've been there, done that. And, uh, you know, going down this uh, research hole, rabbit hole with this stuff is uh, definitely been challenging, you know, to kind of give a, a fun show, uh, but as also not sound like an authoritative uh you know, prick about it because I am not. I'm just your everyday dude trying to, you know, share and, uh, you know, definitely have my my experience. But again, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying anymore. Anyways, that need to make romantic compromises is greater when there are so many other doors open. Entering each one out of curiosity, though, may end up blocking the door to your own home. Nevertheless, making romantic compromises by increasing your commitment to a compromised relationship has become ever more difficult as it's so easy and tempting to enter all those other doors. Leaving all romantic options open involves disregarding reality since reality has its own limitations and our resources are limited, mainly time. Love requires such a great investment that keeping all our romantic options alive can spread our required investment too thin. On the other hand, closing romantic doors is incompatible with the significant role that curiosity, as well as change and improvement, play in human life. So what is the objective, the object of romantic curiosity here? Romantic curiosity can be either fueled by the desire for superficial external change, such as an additional sexual partner, or by a profound intrinsic development, such as the growth and interest of a single beloved one. The first type of, the first type of curiosity is part of intense love, the second of profound love. And we're going to go into kind of a quick overview of the two. 
The issue becomes more complex when we talk, when we take into account that profound love involves romantic intensity. And that's where people typically split is when it gets intense. And hence, even the profound lover is not completely immune to the curiosity of the more superficial type. There are rare cases in which romantic curiosity is completely absent. Take Dustin Hoffman, for example. Dude's been married to his wife, I think, fucking forever. And uh, he claimed that after meeting his wife, he felt no passion toward other women. How awesome would that be, ladies and gentlemen? You meet someone, it's just like no lust, no passion towards anybody else. You found your human, and you're good to go. You know, the Flamingos have that old school song, I only have eyes for you. Sorry, I will never sing again. But there's a lyric in there that says, millions of people go by, but they all disappear from view, and I only have eyes for you. That's tough. That's, that's tough to swallow. Anyways, active and passive romantic curiosity are, are kind of up next. And in addition to distinguishing two types of romantic curiosity in light of their object, superficial external change and profound intrinsic development um, may also distinguish these two types of like mechanisms underlying romantic curiosity. I guess what I'm trying to say is active curiosity, people search for other romantic options. And passive curiosity, people leave the door open for new options if they come along without actively searching for them. You know, to actively search for someone with better quote-unquote characteristics is clearly incompatible with profound love. A constant active search for the perfect partner is a major threat to the achievement of long-term profound love. Life is dynamic, ladies and gentlemen. People regularly change their attitudes and wishes. We grow. We evolve. So achieving a profound love is not a one-time accomplishment, but an ongoing process that you have to work at. Active curiosity is an expression of dissatisfaction with the current situation, whereas passive romantic curiosity, even if their relationships are fine, is kind of like keeping the door open, hoping for something novel. Although curiosity can be exercised merely for its own intrinsic value, for knowing more, romantic curiosity is typically associated with the practical attitude of experiencing love. Usually, and I say this usually, people do not want theoretical understanding of what love and sex are about, but they also want to experience them. And when you take a look at curiosity and evaluate it, you know, the chains of romantic curiosity can be particularly heavy. They may prevent people from being comfortable with their present life, and they often are harder to bear than the difficulty of not experiencing everything. This is especially true concerning active curiosity. Trying to increase your romantic knowledge by exploring every fucking romantic door that puts, like, grabs your attention, you're at risk of losing the relationships you're presently in. It is this, it's the issue and the, the, the tried and true issue of quantity versus quality. Closing some, open, closing some open doors limits our curiosity and often leads to the feeling of being romantically compromised. This is indeed difficult but necessary in a world of limited resources and conflicting values. Curiosity is a valuable capacity in the development of human beings, but like other capacities, it should be handled with care. You know, the fundamental human capacity for cu curiosity is basically a double-edged sword. It's a, gift that sh it's a gift that can bite. 
On one hand, it enables us to be aware of various romantic possibilities and to develop ourselves accordingly. But on the other hand, romantic curiosity may prevent us from enjoying our own romantic present. A major dilemma in romantic life is which of these possibilities to actively pursue and which to relinquish to compromise on what you have. It's not easy to determine which romantic doors to leave open and which ones to close. Believe me, that's not easy. Each has its own costs and benefits. But in the long term, you might regret closing doors. In the short term, you might risk losing what you have if you enter into each one. In any case, and the point of that segment, unlike in other realms, in the romantic realm, we can't let curiosity wander unleashed. Which goes into that kind of last portion of the show right here is and the question is why do curious people typically have better relationships being interested is more important in cultivating a relationship and maintaining a relationship than being interesting well that's what gets the dialogue going you, you would think being curious it's the secret juice of relationships. When you show curiosity and you ask questions and find out something interesting about another person, people typically disclose more, share more, and they return the favor, asking questions of you. It's a spiral. It sets up a spiral of give and take, which fosters intimacy. And that's what we all really want, intimacy, right? Curiosity seems to help in long-term romantic relationships where keeping interest alive is a key to preventing breakups. Again, disclaimer, I'm not a fucking trained therapist. I've read a couple articles and put like a nice little Word document together. And I'm paraphrasing, giving you some notes and some personal anecdotes. Again, check the notes, check the website. I'll have all the links there if you want to dissect it and write some hate mail or maybe go get help. I don't know. Um, the bottom line is that I don't know. Curiosity is a slippery slope in love and dating in today's relationships, you know. But in some research, this is the part that the the juicy part right here. Uh, in this one research paper that I read, uh, curious people it says curious people are less aggressive, and uh, this is actually pretty pretty awesome part of of the the reading and the research that I found out. It says, besides rejection, aggression is another behavior that can be destructive to relationships. No shit, Sherlock. And curiosity may help with that. An experiment uh, between romantic partners you know, performing competitive tasks. And this, this task uh, included who could fucking, who could push a button faster? Think about this. You're with your significant other and you got a button to push faster. Um, the winner was told to choose the length and the intensity of a loud blast of noise that the loser would suffer. Imagine that you're with your significant other and, honey, who can press the button faster? No, you do it. I got it. And then winning and then having to, like, blast a fucking foghorn in their face. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'd like to do that. Uh, anyone out there? Any takers? Takers? Anyways. Uh, researchers found that the more curious partners were less likely to choose the aggressive punish punishment, meaning they chose shorter and less intense noise blasts than the, those who were less curious. 
This was particularly true when a relationship was newer. That's typically when you're most curious, even if you're faking it, and it couldn't be accounted for by the uh, curious partner's self-control, mindfulness, or narcissism, which was, again, another, another show, another, another night. And the, the research kind of attests this uh, to curiosity's connection to perspective-taking. You know, curious people are motivated to learn and understand different points of view rather than judging others. Being curious may, uh, they're, they're concluding, help in conflict situations. Self re- self-regulation is great. You can control your reactions in emotionally challenged encounters. But if you don't engage in perspective taking, the conflict will continue to simmer. And what does all this mean? One of the co- most common questions is, what the fuck does all, all this mean? Can curiosity be trained, or is it a fixed trait? A fixed trait. That's the million-dollar question. Personally, yes, I do believe it can be trained and developed. I mean, take a look around. We're spending, people spend hours, hours, lifetimes, months getting their physical body trained, bulking up, getting toned, getting their ass in shape, you know, getting their abs in shape, getting whatever the fuck you can get done physically to the the, the body, and then you're to think that your mind can't do the same. Again, I'm not an expert. I'm I'm just a fucking human tube with teeth that has a hamster on its wheel. You know, I think a lot, I question a lot. I think we all have that hamster on our wheel kind of, you know, modality or what what the uh, experience if you will. Uh but I think my hamster is a little bit different. I don't think my hamster is actually in the wheel. I think my hamster is kind of like on the outside spinning the wheel like the fucking big wheel from the price is right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But the bottom line is research says that uh, no one knows for sure. There's uh, not been a lot of research to uncover that answer, whether or not curiosity can be enhanced or if it's a fixed trait. But many positive social traits like generosity, compassion, and empathy appear to be trainable, and that suggests curiosity is too. Given that curiosity naturally, naturally fluctuates throughout one's day, it can probably... Um, be supportive in, in this context and supported in that context. So I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, you can train it. When it comes to the social interactions, uh, researchers say, fake it till you make it. Ain't that the truth? Fake it till you make it. Asking open-ended questions, those where the answer is truly unknown to the inquirer, and showing interest and sh- asking follow-up questions are likely to make a responder go deeper, which likely produce more curiosity in you. If you can pop out the open-ended questions, the person typically often gets so excited and and reveals so much more than you end up getting interested naturally. And that's the beauty. That's the authenticity. I love it. Curiosity can be difficult, of course. Sometimes we're afraid of interacting with those who are different from us or who might be intimidating in some way. Maybe they are super attractive or intelligent, accomplished, or cool. I don't know what the fuck cool is. I am not. Uh, but giving into those obstacles will likely lead to remorse than, op- than happiness. What we know from science is that our greatest regrets don't come from trying and failing, but from not approaching at all. That inaction bothers us, and it bothers us a lot. Instead, the road to a good life is paved in curiosity, I think. We seek to uncover what's most interesting each other. We will augment our relationship, and that will, in turn, will lead to more happiness. You may not be able to challenge, I'm sorry, you may not be able to change your happiness by turning a dial, 
but you can change your curiosity mindset. You can make yourself more curious in the moment, and that will make a big difference in your life. Wow. Holy shit. Um, that was a lot to unpack for me. <clears throat> uh, I'm not going to lie. Rereading that stuff after kind of drafting it uh, once or twice and tailor making it was uh, a little intense. Um, not going to lie. Even after I read this research a few times to get familiar and kind of help my mush mouth as I'm recording, that hamster is spinning the wheel again. And uh, I'm, I'm going through the Rolodex, if you will, of the relationships and dates that I've had, trying to learn from it. And I, I, I'm not learning in hindsight or, or kind of second-guessing myself, but, you know, you read stuff like this, and it, it kind of piques your interest, and, and you can't help but go backwards, especially uh, with COVID being here and us, you know, a lot of us uh, being stuck and uh, kind of quarantined, if you will. And so that, that's, that, was, that was tough. All I know is that I fucking probably need to call my therapist soon. So, Lainey, if you're listening, um, I know you're in Cali, but uh, I hope you got a virtual appointment because I'm, uh, I'm about due. Uh, as if I don't have enough noodling around in my anxiety goblet. I got my own fucking hamster on its wheel. Lovely hakey. Anyways, that's it. I hope this was as much fun and educational for you as it was for me. It truly was one of my favorite shows to kind of dive into and kind of uh, put 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 together a better show for you. Hopefully, it's a better show. Um, and again, big thanks to the curious out there that are supporting staycurious.org. All the DMs and the, the social media interactions, emails, and support is amazing. I cannot thank you enough. I know times are tough with the pandemic. Uh, which is why we haven't been pushing the staycurious.org uh, swag that I have, that we have out there. Um, and I feel like a car salesman asking total strangers to buy something from a stranger. So instead, I have this invitation for you. If you've listened to this and you like what's being creative, I invite you to contribute in your own way. Create your own social currency for us. Stop by the shop, take a look around if you can. Pick up a band or, or two for your, your curious friend or, or, or your kids or, or whatnot. Um, and we are working on some kid-friendly con kid content uh, with a couple creative people out there. And we'll, we'll update you that as the announcements come. But, you know, take a look around the site. And even if you can't throw any kind of uh, currency out there, share this project. You know, that's the whole idea. We don't want to push this on you. We don't want to ask for your emails and start getting into this, you know, tracking you down and forcing this shit in front of you. This is, um, you know, this is kind of more of a, a pull communication uh, project where if you're curious, hopefully you've heard about it. If not, we'll, we'll get to you sooner or later. Just come and visit. Take a look around. If you see a blog or if you have a topic that you want us to carry and, and cover, let us know. You know, just share the project. Um, that's all we can ask for. Social currency is more valuable than the real currency right now. Um, if you're short on coin and short short on funds, that makes two of us. That makes a lot of us. Uh, so don't worry about that. Just please listen, share, and you know, drop a line. It's it's me right here. We will. You'll get a, a human response, and you'll get uh, a, a human interaction. No automation yet. The Elon Musk's AI and neurotransmitter Neuralink isn't here yet. I still got my gray matter uh, pumping, pumping the, the thoughts and the vibes, and I'm a pretty good typer. So anyways, um, as a friendly, friendly reminder, 
The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Finally, thanks, Jeff. And uh, obviously, staycurious.org. That's kind of where everything is is going to be centered and, and, and kind of stemmed from. That's going to be the command central. So everything that we do this via this project is, is there. Please check out staycurious.org. It is uh, coming along nicely. I think we got uh, the, the, the website. I've been working with uh, Law Rellum, who is a, a graphic designer, architect, uh, captain of the seas, if you will. He was on the podcast episode 10, um, the captain of Project Falcor. He and I are working together, kind of get this, get our sites up and running. So again, staycurious.org, check it out. Podcast is available on all your favorite cop podcast places, and please subscribe, follow, connect with us. We will uh, we'll play back. We're, we're playful people over here. So again, thank you um, for listening. And in terms of what topic is next, we got a handful. Um, that damn hamster is uh, constantly spinning, and uh, we'll just have to see what happens next. But hopefully, you enjoy this one. And again, <laughs> disclaimer: not a professional here. Um, we got my. The, the information is aggregated from credible resources, three or four episodes, you know, three or four sources at once, and we kind of mash it all together. But again, not an expert, not a licensed therapist, not a licensed educator from that matter. Um, I'm just a, an everyday dude, a curious guy, and uh, hoping to kind of make something that uh, the rest of the world, or at least a handful of people like. So again, thank you so much. Love and curiosity foster foster them both uh and make sure the relationship with yourself is number one and and in tip top before you kind of start going and spreading uh your sacred energy around because like i said in the beginning you cannot unfuck somebody that is the biggest thing that i've learned so if anybody out there can uh got tips on that drop us a line other than that thanks for listening enjoy your sunday uh sunday fun day whatever whenever you listen to this and uh thanks Until next time, bye-bye.